Hello again, everybody. Noah and Stu here, D3 Glory Days on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. Back in your podcast feed with a new episode today. Before we get into that, D3 Glory Days is supported by you for the most part. And if you're interested in helping us grow the D3 Glory Days network, go ahead and check the show notes. In there, you'll see links to our Venmo, which is the most direct way to support us. You can think of it as our internet tip jar. You'll find a link to our Patreon. You can use that to make a monthly contribution to the show if you're so inclined. Thanks to our newest patron, Joan Lodge, for her support. If you want to join Joan, just check the show notes for a link there. If you're not inclined to support the podcast financially, another great thing you can do is to share the podcast with a friend. Talk to a teammate about it, share it with a coach, whatever you want to do. Getting the word out for D3 Glory Days really helps us out a lot. For more D3 content, you can check out www.d3glorydays.com. We have a lot of cool articles, photos, whatever on there. Along the lines of D3 content, Stu and I do our best to to crowdsource it and provide it to you guys. So if you yourself happen to be at a Division 3 meet or at a meet where a big Division 3 performance is happening, whip out your phone, take a video of it, send it to us at d3glorydays at gmail.com and we'll work it into our social media feeds. We can't be everywhere at once, so the community helping us out is really appreciated. I think that's all I have for now. Stu, do you want to introduce this week's guests? Yeah, today it's a little bit different of an episode. We brought on four guys from MIT, Andrew Ma, Matt Kearney, Sam Aquaviva, and Ryan Wilson. Sam and Ryan were in the 3K at BU in January. Sam ran 8 flat. Ryan ran 8.11. Good for 4th and 20th all time. Matt and... Andrew were in the 5K at BU, ran 1401 and 1410. Again, all time time, sixth and 12th all time. It was fun to learn more about the MIT guys, their culture, and what the races were like at the BU track. But we also took a dive into cross country and the buildup it was for them to come away with the 2022 cross country national championship after finishing in second in 2021. We also dive into the secrets of the MIT training, which consists of crystals, saunas, and much more. You have to listen to learn about the secrets of MIT and let us know if it works for you. Yeah, really fun episode here. It's always cool getting to know the personalities behind some of these great performances that are happening in Division Three, and to see those performances happening in January, February. It's really cool to see how early guys are running fast. Anyway, I'll catch up with you guys on the flip side of this episode just real quick and sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation. Here's to the glory days. All right, welcome back to D3 Glory Days. We have a fun episode today joined by four MIT men from the track and field team coming off four huge performances, both in the 5K and the 3K. Joined now by Sam Aquaviva and Ryan Wilson after their big 3Ks at BU. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we got the whole MIT collective here now. We'll we'll jump down in distance and go to the 3K, eight flat, 
8-11. It's for Sam, you were, I guess, fourth all time if you throw in the oversized track, third if you take it out. Ryan, you're 19th and 20th with the oversized track. What a debut in the 3K, at least to start the season off. We talked with Andrew and Matt, and they like kind of weren't sure what they were going to hit in the 5K. Was this kind of similar to you guys in the, in the 3K? Yeah, definitely. I honestly didn't really have any idea what I was going to run. I've never really done a 3K before, so yeah, I was just going in blind and trying my hardest, I guess. Yeah, same here. I mean, our, our PRs are from COVID spring, so I, I was hoping I could hit that, but beyond that had no idea yeah were you kind of breaking the race up in terms of lap splits or you wanted to come through the mile you know on a certain mark how were you guys kind of breaking it down um I was just thinking of it as like a two mile but a little bit shorter but honestly once the race started once I started hurting I had no idea what lap it was I was just kind of running until I saw about like eight minutes on the clock or so trying to figure out what I thought I could run I was breaking it up by lap but in the race, I was just cr- trying to focus on racing because I think for me, that's better for getting the result I want rather than focusing on the time, just focusing on the race. Um, so in the race, I wasn't really thinking about it. But beforehand, trying to figure out what the seed was, I think that was that was a good way to break it up. I think from from both of you, you both have two kind of different surprise races for Ryan, you know, the 800 meter champs indoors and outdoors. We saw you get fifth in cross country was maybe a shock to some outsiders, not knowing what your training was like, but talking with coach Riley, he kind of saw that coming, uh, you know, take us through your reason to jump into a three K this early into the season. Honestly, it's because I feel like I wanted to do well in the mile this season. And in the past, it seems like I would try running miles early on in the season and end up switching down to the 800 by the end so I kind of figured start higher up this time and then work my way down to the mile or 800 whichever it be but yeah just trying out the longer stuff since I feel like my cross-country season went pretty well and Sam for you you know third in cross-country could be a surprise to a lot of people seeing you know the top five list but again talking with Riley you know he's saying this was kind of the game plan for you was to, was to go out there and see what you can do and compete. Did that give you a lot of confidence then to go out and try to see what you can do in this 3K? Yeah, definitely. I mean, think I think throughout the season, it was hard to gauge where I was because I felt like I was working out better than I was racing. And coming into the track season, I had no idea what I could run and still really don't have a great idea because I haven't had a real track season since high school. So it's been a bit and track is a different beast than cross country for sure. Um, so yeah, it gave me confidence, but I still don't really know where I stand for track. Brian, how do you think about range? Like the 800 is kind of an interesting event because some people approach it from that, like four, 800 perspective where others are like that 800 to mile perspective, but you're kind of like 800 to eight K. And I feel like 800 runners, especially take a lot of pride in their range. Like, how, yeah. do, you, do you think about it much? Um, I mean, in cross country, like especially this last season, I was just really focused on doing as well as I could in the 8K. And I feel like I just look at that as kind of like base training for the 800. But yeah, I mean, I definitely approach it from like a more aerobic standpoint than like most 800 runners. But yeah, I mean, in the past, I feel like 
like every season I've tried to go in and, and be a miler. And then it just ends up that like the 800 feels better. And that's like what I've ended up doing at nationals like last year and everything. So, I mean, yeah, I've, I've tried to run the mile, but end up doing the 800. Sam, I saw, was looking at your tapers before this and you're right. Like your PR technically on paper is a 40 second, 47 second PR from 847 down to eight flat. You know, when you have a jump like that and kind of the jump you made in, in cross country, you know, you mentioned you don't really know what you can run yet. Do you have an idea of like how to keep yourself contained and not get too excited to like ramp up training or go way too hard just because of how much of a jump you've been making? Yeah. I mean, I think I go more based off how my training's going anyways, instead of recent race times. So for example, the last 3k didn't really change anything in training for me because, you know, the workouts still feel the same before and after the race. Um, so it, it didn't really change much there, but it was, yeah, happy to run it. Talk us through the atmosphere of like racing at BU a little bit. I mean, I feel like that meet gains prestige every year as we see like faster and faster times come out of there. It's like, you're getting a chance to see D three guys all the way up to like the top professional guys. If you hang out there long enough, like what is, what does it mean for you guys to kind of like race on that track and in that environment? Yeah, it's incredible. I raced there in high school because I'm from Massachusetts and it was the same thing. Uh, you go to the meet and you see some pros run incredible times and it just gets you excited for your own race. Like when I was doing strides for this meet, I saw Jared Nagus break the American record in the 3K. And so when, when other people are running fast, it makes it easier to get excited to run fast for yourself. So it's definitely the, the atmosphere is great. Yeah, could, yeah, could not be better. Yeah, it's also just super fun to watch like all of your teammates run really fast times. Like my 3K last week, Sam was like running like eight flat, like 30 seconds before I went on the track. So yeah, stuff like that is really motivating. And then seeing a lot of like the younger guys on the team run PRs and everything. That's just like really cool to watch. Yeah. The day you guys had as a program, especially on the distance side is like something the team would dream of for like a season. I mean, I was talking with Andrew and Matt about this, like how much momentum does that bring? Not only for that day, like Ryan, that you're just saying, but now for the rest of the season, like you guys have marks up and down the board that are incredible teams would be like, damn, that's a really good season if we had it, but you guys did it in, in one day. Like, is there, are you guys like having to pull the reins back at practice not to get too excited? Yeah, definitely a little bit. It's, it's a great problem to have because the, the program has definitely leveled up a bit where everyone's expectations, not only for the team, but everyone for themselves uh, has, has risen. They've changed their expectations. So they expect a lot more out of themselves a shout out to to Tim, shout out to Charlie, shout out to Alfred. They really showed up this last meet and it's just great to see everyone have a lot of faith in their in themselves and Riley is pretty good at, at uh, making sure that everyone's doing just the right amount. So it, it works out where everyone has a lot of confidence now, but Riley's such a great coach that it, it never gets too much. What changed in the program? Like what caused that attitude shift of, you know, self-belief? I mean, I don't know. Just a lot of stuff. I feel like we've had a lot of new recruits. We just have a, a really big group of guys that everyone's just really motivated and it rubs off on each other and just kind of like everybody is held to a higher standard. And then our coach Riley is obviously really great and knows how to develop all of his athletes like in a long-term sense. And 
I feel like, yeah, this is like finally the track season where that's starting to show. I learned uh, Coach New Guy was Riley's, you know, <laughs> nickname before he uh, became the permanent head coach. You know, what was your all's perspective on the transition from after Coach Taylor retiring and bringing Coach Riley on? Obviously, he was there as an assistant prior to it, but you know, it sounds like it was a nice transition since they were both together there that 2021 cross country season. Um, yeah, it was definitely like pretty smooth. I mean, yeah, so Riley coached us in that like COVID spring, spring 2021. And then coach Taylor came back for that fall and it was both Riley and coach Taylor. And then after that, it was just Riley. So yeah, it was just kind of a smooth transition from coach Taylor's reign, I guess. What what are some qualities that Riley brings to the table as a head coach? I mean, you guys seem to like him a lot. Um, I know him. He's super nice guy. Like what, what do you think he, he brings to the table for you guys? Yeah, it's really cool because I think he kind of embodies the spirit of the team in that I'm always really impressed by the rest of the team, how everyone can be both very fun and mess around a lot, but be really dedicated and serious when it counts. And Riley is perfect at that. He's a very bubbly, friendly guy, but he is very knowledgeable in what it takes to be a great coach. And when it matters, he's he's there to be serious and yeah, so he's just a great combination of both being a, a great person and really friendly, but also serious in what he does. Yeah, I feel like he's also very um, understanding of, like, people's personal needs. And, and, like, he's very good at individualizing people's trainings because, obviously, everyone is living, like, completely different lives. And I feel like, especially at MIT, when you have, like, a lot of freshmen and stuff, especially that are overloaded by all the new work and everything um yeah there's just a lot of stressors that um like us students have to deal with and I feel like he's very like considered about all those things and and definitely just helps people get through that stuff yeah I was impressed to hear from Matt and Andrew like how personalized he does with the workouts and you know is able to adapt to your needs like you're just saying right and I think we have a bunch of coaches listening to the podcast and we'll jump into both your trains. But I think for you specifically being an 800 guy now being around 811 in the three K, you know, what does your training look like? I'm sure it's a little bit different than Sam, but I'm sure you guys kind of match up in some workouts uh, during the week. Yeah. I feel like I, I definitely train like, like a miler, like a mile three K runner right now. I do like 70 to 80 miles a week or so just, I don't know, pretty standard stuff and yeah, just lactate threshold work, interval work, and then more speed stuff at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I feel like I don't do anything that crazy, just all the basics. Sam is potentially you're doing more than Andrew's doing and he was doing hundred mile weeks. Yeah. I've become somewhat of a mileage hog. So I'm a big fan of just running a lot of miles. I don't know. I don't know what he told you I was running, but I'm probably he, at. He didn't give a number. He just said, I think he's running more than me. And he said he's running 100 mile weeks. Oh, yeah. It, it varies quite a lot, but I'd say, yeah, it's, it's more than Andrew. All right. Number. number <laughs> For what season? Well, both. cross country, think, like, like peak cross country, peak track. I, maybe like 115. That's not as, not as insane as I was like prepared to hear. But oh, that, yeah. That well, is it, a lot. It depends on what the what the course load is that week and, and all the other things in you know in MIT life. 
I think, like Ryan was saying, that's one thing that Riley is really good at is being flexible on what the workload is with running to account for what your workload is outside of running. Because if I have a, you know, a normal week, uh, like 110 is kind of equivalent to if you have a really stressful week and 80 miles, you know, so yeah, it, it really depends on the week, uh, not just with what's going on in running, but what's going outside or outside of running. So I was impressed with what Andrew and Matt do academically. Let's let's hear what you guys do and and blow us out of the water with what we did in college. We're gonna edit this out. We'll have to edit it out. Go ahead though. <laughs> we'll graduate. Um. Yeah. Uh, just basic stuff, I guess. I'm honestly, yeah, myself more than other people on the team, probably more of an athlete student than a student athlete. <laughs> what's mean, your yeah, What's your major? Oh, uh, like computer science. And that's still but, like impressive. Yeah, I mean, I Ryan's like, Ryan's very very humble. He's very smart. Uh, I mean, like, say something smart, Ryan. <laughs> uh, on blanks. I like I would say, like mainframe. Like I work on mainframes, no, and then good. and then people would be like, "Whoa, that's sick!" I have no idea what that means. So you got to practice stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, mainframe. Different mainframes. Different. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Science. Square <laughs> Speakers. Sam, what are you majoring in? I'm majoring in, it's it's like a joint major between computer science and cognitive science. But I'm, yeah, this, I'm starting my master's this semester. So I'm not sure what that, what exactly that's going to look like. But it's, oh, it's so now we got to figure out your all's eligibility. So like, are you guys coming back then next year? I will be. I'm not. This is my last season. Yeah. Do you have outdoor or just indoor? Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, outdoor and indoor. Yeah. But like, I'm graduating in in June or whatever, and then I'll be done with NCAA. Got it. But but not done running. Oh yeah, I don't think so. I mean, actually, yeah. I there's a chance I do grad school somewhere. Um, I'm still not that sure about my plans, but yeah, there. I think I definitely want to run for at least like one year after um, like this season. That's my current plan. Or maybe Riley will start a, a pro group with Ryan as one of the first runners around in Boston. Well, before we jump into cross country, I mean, you do have the resume you it, the biggest buzz Ryan that you've gotten is that you beat Centro, uh, you know, during the COVID COVID summer. So you, you got some claim to fame there. Yeah, I mean, it was like his second rep of a workout, but hey, hey a win's a win. Yeah, counts. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, my biggest advice, and we can edit this out for like post collegiate running, is to not put the year time limit on it. Just, just between yeah. you and me, I've I've seen so many people do that, and the first year is so hard, and then they quit. But it's like if you just don't put a time, just keep doing it as long as you want. Like that second, third year. Like yeah. that's where people really seem to have success. So ju- just a little bit of advice before I ask you an actual question. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. That makes sense. Cause then you're just like, Oh, I've got eight months to like prove that I can do it. It's a lot of pressure. It just doesn't yeah. work. But um, before we like move on and talk about cross country, like you guys are running well in February, January, you've got a lot January. Well, yeah. they, haven't done, they haven't done anything in February yet, right? What they, yeah, you haven't done You haven't proven yourself in February, but you were good in January. Like what, what strategies are you guys like mostly mental strategies, I guess, is kind of what, I, what I'm asking about in terms of like making sure 
you prolong this season and you have legs, you know, in, in March and April and all the months that come after that. Yeah. I think one, one big thing is just having a lot of faith in Riley. Um, he's, he's really good at making you feel at your best right at the end of the season. Like during cross country, every race, I felt fine during a normal race, but the difference between an in-season race and nationals was insane. And I don't think that's any coincidence. So everyone has total faith in Riley that he'll have you peaking at the right time. But also in terms of uh, like you're asking about how do you sort of impose it in your head? Uh, I think we just make sure not to get too excited about these early season races and have the big goal in mind, which is nationals. Um, so although it is fun and necessary to get excited for each race, I think everyone knows that really this is just a step towards nationals and having that as the big goal for the season. Yeah, I definitely second that. I feel like, especially at this point in my career, as I've gotten older, um, you know, you figure out like kind of like emotional pacing a lot better, just not using up all your motivation at the beginning of the season and everything and, and trying to understand um, like the end goal that you're really trying for and what everything is working towards. And yeah, I feel like, like Sam was saying, um, like our goal is like both like indoor nationals and then outdoor nationals. And then the races that we're doing right now are just kind of like the stepping stones. Emotional pacing. I, I love that. I might, I might steal that. How much benefit do you think you guys have gotten from, you know, Ryan individually, you've run a national title and collectively, you know, in cross country, you all have won a, a national title. So it's almost like you kind of, you've had the highs, you know, like this stuff is like, it's necessary to get to there, but like, it's not the end goal. How much do you think that has played a factor in this emotional uh, control? Pacing? I think emotional. Yeah. Emotional pacing. <laughs> I think it's pretty huge for everyone. Uh, one is just, it's just, it's fun to do well at big meets. And I think that's a big motivator for everyone on the team. But for me personally, I had a, I realized that I'm much more motivated by the process than the end goal. Like it was really fun to win as a team and it was everything I hoped it would be. But I, looking back on it, it was the long runs together and the hard tempos together that were more rewarding. So I think, having those successes made at least at least made me realize that it's more about the process and the end goal. And so that makes it easier for me to focus on the process rather than getting too involved in a single meet. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like just, yeah, like also I, I feel like I want to add that like running at the big meets, like nationals and stuff Um, in a way, I feel like it kind of like desensitizes you a little bit to these early season meets that, um, like don't matter as much as nationals. So in a way that's, that kind of helps um, towards like the emotional pacing I was talking about, just like not getting too excited for, for the meets at the beginning of the season and everything. And then once nationals hits, then yeah, it's time to lock in. Have you guys as a team had to do any like leg work in terms of like balancing egos and like being such a competitive unit you guys are to some extent going after the same things you know on an individual level and track how do you guys make sure that you're always operating as a unit supporting each other and not ever devolving into rivalry honestly our team is like really good at that like especially this last cross-country season that was definitely like 
everybody was just like united towards the same goal of winning nationals. And yeah, I feel like there's very little competitiveness between each other. We're always rooting for each other to have like the best race. And I mean, yeah, that was like, that was extremely cool to be a part of. And, and yeah, I feel like that showed just the selflessness between each other. Yeah. I'd second that. I've honestly, I've, I've never felt really any inner team competition. It's, it's, sort of incredible but everyone just really does want everyone else to succeed and we have one goal as a team so everyone doing better helps us get towards that goal yeah we learned yesterday from andrew and matt just the culmination of a year long of talking about this 2022 cross-country season it dated back to when you guys were off campus doing those long runs together you know i asked them this question i'm curious your take on it you know when you have this goal for a year long and you're constantly talking about it, constantly talking about it. How do you not let the pressure of the main goal that you're talking about every day get in the way of accomplishing the goal? I mean, honestly, I feel like at least from my perspective, it's more just like a really big motivator. And like every time I have to make a decision, like going to bed earlier or doing like core or something that I don't really want to do, I just remember like the end goal that we're working towards and remember like all of the boys are working towards the same thing. And it, it just makes it a lot easier to, to stay on top of everything. Does that feeling like translate into track as well when you're not kind of operating as, as that seven person unit? Kind of. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I was more motivated for this past cross country season than I ever have been for anything in track, but I mean, yeah, I like similar to track, I guess, or, or similar to cross country. I feel like I have like, you know, the end goal of doing like whatever at nationals or running a certain time. And, and yeah, I just always remember those goals in my day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Let's chat about the, the meet itself, you know, third and fifth overall, uh, turning some heads with your, with your performance, you know, talking with Riley, um, on his episode, you know, that was kind of the game plan is to let you guys loose at the national meet. How excited were you all to, you know, finally get the reins taken off of you and, you know, kind of do a, a, a different strategy than you were doing all season? Yeah, honestly, it was just the whole race was fun. It, I mean, we definitely put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we did want to win. And we knew that from the beginning of the season, from before the season started. But once the day came and the gun went off, it was just, it was a great time. I think everyone just really enjoyed the race um, from the second it started. So yeah, yeah, really nothing else to say, except it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like we were talking about it beforehand in the hotel and everything, just like all the pressure we had on ourselves for this race. And, you know, like I think at least for myself and I feel like for most of us, that was like the most pressure we ever had on like a single race before. So we were talking through it on how we were going to react to that. And I feel like our general response was just that like, okay, like we have all this pressure, like let's just use that motivation. So when we got out there, it was just, it was easier than expected to just, you know, let loose and give everything you have. So I think, yeah, that's, that's what we ended up doing. And like Sam was saying, I mean, obviously I feel like since we were having a great race and we could kind of tell that we were in the lead and stuff that definitely helped us feel like really like good during the race. But I mean, yeah, it was, 
it was honestly a blast. <laughs> and another thing is just we, I think something that helped is we knew we were ready when the race started. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying before, everyone just had has complete faith in Riley to prepare us as best as he can. And we all know that everyone else in the, on the team was doing all the small things and being consistent with their training. So we all had faith in ourselves and our coaching and in each other that in a way took the pressure off because even though we had all these goals going into it, we knew we were ready. How well are you guys able to like maintain consistent motivation levels between, you know, high pressure situations like a national meet or, you know, a low pressure situation like a meet at BU where you obviously want to go run fast, but the the pressure on the performance, like it's great to run fast but if you if you suck it that's okay too how do you stay as motivated for something like that as you are for you know a national championship run yeah i think it's it's definitely a lot different i know for me personally it's fun to go out there and and try really hard at a bu meet because i haven't had a real track season in a while so even if the race goes poorly uh it's the first race i've had on the track in a while so it's it's yeah, it, it just just racing in its own is is a good time. Um, so outside of the motivation, just being there makes me pumped. Yeah, I feel like at minimum, um, I feel like you can think about it just like hammering a hard workout, which can be pretty fun. So I think yeah, that's like what I was thinking about the three k last weekend, and then also just like getting a a nationals qualifier if if I was in that range. But yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, that is something I've. I've struggled with in the past, like being like hyper motivated for meets like nationals or something. And then like, how do I get myself excited for these early season meets? And honestly, sometimes it just doesn't pan out that well. And yeah, like, yeah, just sometimes don't do that well. Another thing for me is, is having the team there is definitely a large motivator. Um, because when I, I took the spring semester off and ran uh, with a group called Peninsula Distance Club, which I love. Shout out to them. But I definitely miss the the really tight uh, team atmosphere that I have at MIT, where there's team scoring and you're really going after one championship. And so in these early season meets, even though that's not necessarily a scored meet, you need to qualify to be able to score points for your team at the big meets. So having that team in mind is definitely a big motivator in these early season meets. Jumping back to cross country quick, learning from yesterday's conversation, you know, you all were off campus as also you've taken a semester off as well. They said that, you know, a lot of the work was done during the, that COVID time off when you guys weren't able to compete, you know, Ryan mentioned you, you beat Sancho there, but you know, when you finally cross the line in cross country and you reflect back on how much work and the sacrifices you guys had to have, plus not being on campus, like, did it just a culmination of just emotion, you know, pour over you all? Like what was going through your mind when you realized you'd like accomplished the winning cross country nationals? Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Just what you were saying. Like, I feel like it's just so like satisfying to see like all this hard work you've been putting in and all these hard decisions you've been making for, for months and years, just pay off with like the exact goal that we wanted. And also to just do it with, with your teammates that have like the same exact goal. It's like, it's definitely probably the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, definitely. And also I think running one reason I love running. And I think a lot of other people really like running is it's not 
perfectly linear in terms of work put in and what you get out of it, but it's pretty close compared to anything else in life. And so it's really cool to see all this work you put in and to get something big out of it. And regardless of the the actual team title, just, you know, putting all that work in and getting the results is, is so rewarding and satisfying as Ryan was saying. Mm-hmm. As we kind of move towards wrapping up this episode, I'm wondering if from each of you, I can get a performance goal for this indoor season. So like a time you want to run, a place you want to finish and a process goal. So like something that you're hoping to discover in your running or, or do better in terms of, in terms of the process. As far as my process goal, I feel like sleeping better than I ever have before, just getting that sleep hygiene down and then time goal uh probably just yeah sub four in the mile i'm i'm yeah i'm racing the mile this upcoming weekend so yeah that's that's my goal i don't know if i'll hit it but i'll do everything i can to try where are you racing at the bu valentine meet are you in a fast heat i'm not sure i i mean i'm probably in a heat that has like people around four flat but definitely not like one of the top heats with like all the, the 355 guys and such. All right. We're on sub four watch here at D3 glory days. We'll call yeah. Jordan and get you in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll pull some strings. <laughs> for me, for time goals, I really don't have any. I've, I've sort of realized that, I mean, all, all of the big time barriers I've, would always it'd always be great to break those like racing the 3k again and breaking eight would be cool but i'm really focused on uh, both the competition and placing and also the process so for process goals i guess i would put it number one of that list more time in the sauna um, that's definitely that's a training technique that we're a big fan of and i think i could double down on um Wait, how much time are you spending in the sauna now? Because we, we got to make sure this is not too much sauna that we're committing to here. I don't know if there's such a thing as too much sauna, honestly. I think there, I think there probably is. <laughs> so an unnamed member of the team, Jake Cobb, is, <laughs> is currently repping half an hour in the in the sauna per day. Okay. That's like the upper end of what I would consider normal. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I can aspire to be Jake Cobb level of sauna. We have a guy, Pablo, who's actually gone 65 minutes. No. At once? Yeah, he's from Texas, so he can handle it. But yeah, that may have been excessive, to be honest. I feel like I would have a mental breakdown at at that point. Yeah, like, Pablo's still different. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think tw- the tw- 20 minutes is like perfect. Yeah. Another thing that we've been doing besides the sauna is trying out different essential oils. And one of those is, I, I swear to God. Okay. We're getting, pepper- we're sending the testers. We got to send the testers down to MIT right, right now. Peppermint oil in the sauna. Try it out. <laughs> How did this come about? Like you guys just like, just. Um, there was like a French guy in the sauna one day that, um, yeah, he just brought like, a large vial of peppermint oil and then just put it on the rocks and wow Open everybody, lungs up. Got, everybody got really cold so ever since that day we've been trying it out more also the team had essential oils already because we've been we've been working on the physical side but also on the spiritual side of running and essential oils are a 
are a huge part of that. Well, now yeah. we gotta learn about the spiritual side of running. This is this is a new uncovering. Ooh. Um is this is this a top secret thing? It's fairly top secret, but I think we're ready to to release it to the world. <laughs> uh breathing techniques. If you what guys else? have heard of like Wim Hof before, Wim Hof breathing method, we like to do that a lot of times. It sounds like a John Marcus tweet. That, yeah. That's like that's like purposefully hyperventilating, kind of right. Yeah. 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 Crystals. We're pretty big into crystals. Like if you look at our roster photo, most people are repping crystals in those or in races. Yeah. Oh. Active. Um, good for the soul. What else? Sometimes we like to align our training with like the moon cycle. That's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't but expect that's... this level of, of mysticism from the MIT team. So wait, yeah. so what do you, what, how do you line it up? Like long runs are like when there's a full moon, like at night, or you just take us through what that looks like. Usually long runs like the day before on or after new moon actually. And then hard workouts on full moon. And then, so yeah. so Riley Riley is in on this. Yeah, he's actually he's the one that got us into this. I'm just like picturing Riley's like in the office, like he's got a calendar and like a moon cycle, and like trying to align the workouts together into one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it worked out for us that that nationals was a new moon. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's almost cheating. Yeah, it was not fair thing. <laughs> We, didn't, we we may have to like do like a written piece on this, like the the uncovering of the new moon and the benefits of running. Oh, it's there's a lot there. I mean, I think you guys could could learn a lot and spread some spread some good training wisdom. Mm-hmm. This podcast just takes a weird twist, and I we stop we, 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 we stop interviewing people, and just Stu and I is like, you got to get out on the new moon, man. <laughs> you got to start doing Wim Hofs with your guests over Zoom. Yeah. That would be kind of a wild, like auditory experience. So yeah, that's segment, especially just over podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So that's when you're hyperventilating. I would like. I think I'd freak out. Yeah, you hyperventilate and then hold your breath and then you repeat that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, I would try it. It's very odd. Kind of the point is freaking out, and then, like it calms you down. Ah, it's like meant to withstand like ice baths. Like, Are you guys cold plungers now too? Oh, we're big cold plungers. Yeah, we do big like time. cold showers a lot. See, here's my Before riff with this whole cold plunge like phenomenon. It's like runners have been doing this for so long that like now all of a sudden it's like mainstream to do ice baths. Well, it's not ice bathing for the purposes that like we used to take ice baths. Like that, no, it was that, the worst, by the way, at ice baths. I hated them. I <laughs> haven't taken one since college, but we used to do it. Maybe we should just edit all this shit out. But we like we used to do that. We used to do it because we thought it was like regenerative for like tissues, like soft tissue. Right. But that that those aren't the benefits of like cold plunging. Yeah, we've been doing it mainly for building up stress resistance and also for the increased dopamine, which is huge for workouts. So, are you going doing- cold plunge to sauna? Is it, are you going back and forth? We. We really want to, but the in the MIT facility, there's one cold bath that's like maybe a five minute walk away from the one sauna. So it's it hasn't quite been uh, possible yet, but maybe we'll we'll make our own cold bath outside of the sauna and mm. make that dream a reality. That's where you get the real gains, from what I understand. Well, I can't wait to hear everyone getting into I've this heard now. as well. Yeah, it's it's like kind of big in the endurance world right now. Yeah. 
Oh, is that a real thing? Like switching back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Andrew Huberman? Oh, oh yeah. do we? Yes, uh, we do. Yeah, I I thought that you guys do from what I from the vibe of it. But anyway, he does a he does like a three hour podcast on heat exposure, and actually like the biggest gains are from going repeat like cyclically back and forth between heat and cold oh, exposure. Yeah. I think we are definitely influenced by that exact podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was too. <laughs> Man, I'm missing out. I'm not doing any of this. Yeah, well, I think you could just run more, like, first. And, yeah, yeah. I got to start running again. Yeah. Consistently. I, I feel like 10 minutes in the sauna is equivalent to, I don't know, probably six-mile run. Mm-hmm. Don't well, tell I me just, that, because I'm just going to sauna and not run. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just had a surgery, so I can't run um, for, like, a little while. And so as soon as I'm, like, a, as soon as I'm like able to, I'm just going to go in the sauna for, like, six hours a day. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> just like call that cardio. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna like yeah, wheel a spin funny. bike in there. As, as like we have a, a great team culture, but there's also a completely separate, but now it's joining with it, sauna culture of mm. all of the, the random guys that you see in the sauna on a daily basis. But yeah, you could like outside the team, the like boy. guys. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's some 60 year old dudes a few swimmers, a few volleyball players, but mostly just old guys. Yeah. Wait, so is your in... facility open to the public then? No, they're all, they have some access. It's like a recreational gym and like yeah. some professors use it. I was going like to say, one... these professors, like the old guys' professors. I have been in the sauna with one of my professors <laughs> before and yeah, it got kind of awkward. I was in the sauna a couple of weeks ago with a guy who was eating a can of beans in the sauna yeah just straight did i tell you about this too it it like blew it blew my mind like maybe it it was he just had like obviously opened the can with the can opener in the locker room and just like the lid was peeled back and he was just dumping them into his mouth just like pinto beans it was a giant can too did no one in the sauna mention it they just no I, I, it's a, it's at a 24 hour fitness. So it's like better not to speak to anybody, That's uh, fair. especially someone who's like obviously unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he, that's fairly harmless though. Like the, the Swedish, or do you say Swedish? The guy, the French guy. Yeah. The French guy, Ryan mentioned, he just came in. He's like, you guys good with a little bit of peppermint and just put on pipettes of peppermint on the rocks. And then you can't breathe for about 15 seconds. Your eyes are burning. Yeah. But then a wave of cold comes over you. It's. You guys were like, Oh yeah. Peppermint. We're cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Put it on. yeah, put, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do this all the time. But the, but the old dudes also got to survive it as well. So they, <laughs> they don't know what they're getting into. Um, okay. We need to pause here and we need to like actually wrap up. We need to actually sign off this podcast. Stu, do you want to do that? Fair. Well, now that we know what your training methods include, you also had a sneaky little DMR in there, 944, that I think maybe went a little under the radar, three seconds off the national record. Are we going to see another attempt with the DMR? or how, What do you think about that? Um, To be honest, I don't think we know. I'm not sure what our racing plans are, but potentially. We're not racing like our A squad at Valentine this weekend. That's all I know but maybe at regionals or something or nationals. I think the focus really is on 
placement at nationals. And so I think with, with our schedule and, you know, it's only a few weeks until then, I don't know if we'll get the chance to, but never know. Yeah. And that's one thing with, you know, what you all did outdoors, getting a, a trophy with, with three guys winning four events, you know, now you're adding some depth to it. Do you have an idea of what you obviously right now you're confirmed in the three K, but Ryan, I'm assuming maybe an 800 or a mile, Sam mile or a 5k. Like what's the plan for you two? DMR too, uh, I guess. Yeah. Again, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think, yes, part of it will depend on like how I run in the mile this weekend. And then I'll, I'll probably do an 800 later this season and see how that goes. But yeah, for, for all I know right now, I'll do probably like one or two of like the 800 mile 3k or DMR. But yeah, completely unsure at this point. Yeah. And for me, I'm, I'm just here to have a good time at this point. So the more, the more races, the better. So if I can do mile 3k, 5k DMR, I'd be happy to, but I'm not sure if, if Riley would allow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got to do outdoor. My, I think my favorite line right there that you just snuck in there as the 800 meter champ. Yeah. I'll do an 800 and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know when I'll race it actually, but yeah. There's probably like a lot of your competitors listening to this and you're just driving them insane. Yeah. Sorry These damn crystals. That. I know how to do a song. They're like this, like this guy doesn't even train. He's just holding crystals and going in saunas and he's still going to kick my ass. Yeah. We gave him too much info. That was our secret. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam and Ryan, this is goodbye. Thanks for your time. Really, uh, really appreciated having you on uh, D3 glory days today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right, continuing on with the MIT episode, we're now going to move to the 5K crew with Matt Kearney and Andrew Mott. Welcome to D3 Glory Days, guys. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, excited to speak more with you. You know, I got to speak with your coach, Riley, earlier in the year so now it's fun to hear the perspective from the athletes, but let's jump right into it. We'll start with you, Matt, from the 5K, 1401, sixth all-time right now, uh, if you include oversized tracks, in January. Take us through the strategy. Was that kind of like the goal, 1401? Like, did you see that coming from, you know, our race in January? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I We had really had no idea what was going to happen going in. <laughs> Um, I, I came off some good, good training over break after cross ended, but was a little dinged up, had a little bit of a hamstring injury. So I told coach Riley, look, I could, I could run anywhere between 1350 or 1420, but just throw <laughs> me in there and, and let's see what happened. And, and turns out we had a good day. Yeah. Andrew, for, for you, you know, you were in the same race and also saw the pros beforehand. What was the atmosphere like? You know, we saw an American record, at least earlier in the three K, you know, was it just electric there at BU? Oh yeah, it was like amazing. Just the heat before us, like it was getting so loud in there, you could barely hear anything. Um, so I maybe that got us hyped up a little bit. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> was it nice having? Because you guys were in the same heat, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. It, was it nice, kind of having at least a similar jersey that you knew out there? Plus, there's a, a Ryan Cradell from Haverford in there. You know, you're amongst D1 guys, D2 guys, all the you know, a lot of fast guys. Obviously, you're all talented, but was it nice to have a teammate in there in such a big race? Yeah, at least for me, that definitely helped me a lot because I was kind of just tucked in behind Matt for a lot of it. 
um like I think Matt actually got out a lot better than me in the first like 400 meters because it strung out a lot more quickly than I thought it was going to um but like Matt got out harder and I was kind of towards the back um but then I kind of pretty quickly realized oh like Matt's in the best position I gotta just like be up with him um so that helped a lot yeah, it was it was definitely nice to uh take our pack running strategy from cross and uh implement it a little bit on the track. Always always good to have teammates out there. Yeah, and I think too, you know, BU in those races can kind of be intimidating if you've never been to it before and not know what to expect. You guys obviously are in Boston, well specifically in Cambridge. How helpful is it to like have experience racing at BU, knowing the atmosphere and the types of races that they go out at? Oh, it's, it's extremely helpful. Um, especially because, you know, we can, because we're here all the time, we can go over and like watch all the races that are happening there. I mean, there's nothing more electric than like going the day before your race or the weekend before your race, or even a few hours before your race and just watching the races beforehand. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the atmosphere is incredible. You see everyone PR and you see so much triumph and it just, it gets you excited to race. Andrew, I'm curious, you know, does this change your viewpoint, perspective, goals for the season now? I mean, you're you're just ran 14, 10, uh, 14, 11 at in January. So, you know, what's the goal now? Um, yeah, it does a little bit. I honestly I was not gonna run a 3K this year because I was just gonna run 5Ks and just try and qualify for nationals. Um, but like now that I've already probably qualified. I mean, hopefully, I mean, D3 times are getting crazy now, so who knows, but I think it'll be safe. Um, but I'll probably try and run a 3K now just because why not? Yeah, Matt, for you, the team, you know, you guys already have a bunch of qualifiers already. You guys third as a team last year with, you know, three guys winning four events. Now already potentially already having four, four at least distance guys in the 5K and the 3K. We'll see how the 800 plays out plus everyone else on the team. Are you guys getting a little excited of what you can do with more bodies at a national meet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just so many more shots on target. You know, I think I think Ryan uh, Ryan has really showed us in the in the 800 in terms of the distance squad how to how to get things done at nationals, and we're excited to start uh, start contributing in some of the other events as well. Yeah, it's, it must be super exciting at practice seeing. You know, we put out the graphic of what you guys did, and I think what blew us away was people would be or teams would be happy to like have that collective results after a season's over, you know, it's like, all right, we had X amount of guys do this. Everyone's, you know, eight guys under four, 15 in the 5k. We had a 151 guy. You guys did that in one day, you know, was Andrew, if you want to speak to like what the team environment was like at practice or that day of just seeing your teammates PRing and running well. And I'm sure that momentum carried into your all's 5k. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, watching, um, you know, Sam run eight flat and then I think Ryan was like eight eleven or eight ten. Um, like definitely just kind of, it just kind of normalizes like a higher expectation. Um, so like if all, all your teammates are like running really fast, it just like, you feel like you need to also be doing that to like be with them. And if you want to like help them at nationals, you need to be doing the same thing. Yeah, and I, I think the depth of that list is really a, a testament to to Coach Riley's coaching. Um, he really focuses on each of us individually and says, okay, how can I get you to your next milestone? Um, there's, I think there's a lot of teams that, you know, only focus on their top guys or really the emphasis is on, you know, in cross the top seven or in track kind of the people who can qualify for nationals. 
Um, but Coach Riley like really dedicates himself to everyone on the team. And it shows in, in the depth we've been able to show up with this season. Yeah, before we jump into cross country and talk about you guys winning a national championship, I want to talk about Coach Riley for a second. As I mentioned, I was able to speak with him, but you both run the team, you know, with Halston Taylor, kind of watch the transition to Coach Riley. You know, take us from an athlete perspective when you have a coach like Coach Taylor retire, you know, legendary coach, well-known in the D3 community, and then you have Riley come in and take over. I'm sure it helped that he was kind of part of it before um, Coach Taylor retired, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know when I, I first found out Coach Taylor was retiring, I was like, oh, no, you know, like, where's the program going to be? What's going to happen? I think there was a lot of anxiety around kind of what the coaching transition would be like. Um, and then we kind of Coach Riley started getting involved in the team and he and Coach Taylor co-coached us in the 2021 cross-country season. Um, it, it honestly couldn't have been a better transition um, just to be able to kind of have them both there, see their kind of each unique styles um, and then and then move from one to the other. Um, couldn't have picked a, a better successor. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I I was honestly a little skeptical of Coach Riley. Like, when I heard he was coming in, I was like, oh, he's never coached before, never coached a college team. But I mean, he's obviously been amazing and everyone loves him. So yeah, in our in our <laughs> freshman year cross country season, he was an assistant coach, just a volunteer assistant coach on the team um, and went by the the affectionate title of coach new guy. Uh, so when, when we found out that he was he was going to kind of come on as maybe the, the permanent coach, we were like, coach new guy is coming back. Like, isn't he a little young for this? But uh, no, it's it's been really, really wonderful. So he's earned he's earned the title of coach rally now, not coach new guy anymore. Oh, yes. he's, he's still coaching. No, <laughs> well, you know, he'd mentioned that he likes to keep things fun and light at practice. Uh, you know, from an athlete perspective, what does that look like? You know, if you can describe, you know, what, what he does to keep things light at practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of the the mentality around workouts has been like, Hey, let's, you know, obviously we're, we're here to work hard and we're, we're, we're going to grind this workout, but let's, let's have fun. Like let's make the workout a party, you know? Um, he's always cracking jokes between yeah. reps or just feeling very lighthearted at the beginning. Um, it's it's hard to like feel anxious or serious or stressed about a workout when he's there because um, he's just such a, a light, bubbly presence. <laughs> Andrew, is there anything particular that he does for you to keep you lighthearted in the, in the workouts? I'm not sure about specifically in the workouts, but just like he's just I mean, you've talked to him. He's obviously he's just always like super positive and nice about everything. Yeah, it's just a good atmosphere. Yeah, we have that video uh, of you, Matt. You turned around to the team after nationals. It's like, guys, we did it, and you kind of just see Riley just jumping in the background. <laughs> like oh, after we spoke, he's like that. Like describes my personality perfectly, or the guy <laughs> described me as that. Just like always, kind of just jumping around. Yeah, you can uh, when when someone's having a really good race on the indoor track, you can look for him on the infield, and he will be there, just like bouncing up and down. <laughs> like like you don't have to know anything about that person's PR. You can just see how much Coach Riley's bouncing, and that's how well they're doing in the race. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's such a great meter of like knowing how what. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Well, let's talk about, you know, the national championship. You guys won MIT's first ever men's cross-country national championship. Obviously, last year, finishing second to, you know, a really good Pomona pitcher team. This season, it could arguably be considered even a deeper field, you know, with Pomona in there, Sunni Geneseo coming out of nowhere, North Central's in there. You know, take us through, you know, from an athlete perspective, but leading up to the races and, like, you can kind of see the momentum building. You guys had some dominating races. And then at regionals, I feel like you guys showed out how good you were with that 
big pack all kind of together within a second or two. Was there a point in the season like you guys thought like, yep, we could we could win this? Oh, it was it was long before the season started. Um, you know, we we got a taste of it the year before and we were we were so hungry for it. Um, I mean, we knew we knew it was going to be hard. Like 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 you said, the teams were just incredible this year. Um, but I think ever since that that day in nationals in 2021, we were like, oh, maybe maybe this is a possibility. And I mean, I know like we were going to like going to sleep every night, like spending time just visualizing that race, thinking about it like for like 365 days. It was truly like a, a full build up, talking about it all summer long, all preseason. Um, so, I mean, we we knew we were going to contend for it and just uh, did the best to prepare. And it, it worked our way on that day. Yeah, I completely agree. I think even from the beginning of the season, we knew we would be one of the top teams. But, you know, it's so hard to tell in cross country because we have so few races. Like, we'll run like two or three big races. I think we ran pre-nationals and then con college um and and then we would we would sit on tifers trying to like do indirect comparisons <laughs> between all the other teams we didn't race but it's like really impossible to tell anything from that yeah especially with out east you know you guys potentially where you're going you know hillier courses the west coast is on you know the track sometimes midwest is on golf courses it's really hard to compare you know you mentioned that you guys were talking about like 365 days after the last national meet. What did you do in particular to like not let it consume you in in a bad sense? Like you obviously seem like a positive, <laughs> but like that seems like a lot of pressure to like to always be talking it for a year. Like what did you all do to make sure it didn't get you know too uh, too stressful? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were just so excited about it that was almost like never never a possibility. Um, I think anytime someone's like having a a bad training spell or would feel a little stressed or like they couldn't do it. It was just really about like the community we built as a team kind of holding each other up and being like, no, like, like we got this, we've had setbacks before, you know, we've had difficulties. We we've all been through all sorts of things. Um, and I think just like relying on each other when things got difficult or stressful and just reminding, Hey, like this is something like we're excited for. Um, I think even when we knew like we had a shot at the national title, we went in with an underdog mentality. Um, that's kind of the, the the thing we try and cultivate on this team. And and no matter how many national titles this team ends up winning, it's it's always going to have that mentality. And I think that really just helps like build excitement rather than feel like, hey, we have something to lose to be stressed about. Yeah, as you guys are, I'm assuming, because uh, T-Freeze is just very hard to figure out. I'm assuming both of you are obviously seniors here. Um, <laughs> you know, and so from, from that perspective, how much did you take on yourself to like provide this senior leadership like Andrew you've been you know part of this transition all american last year you know what did you try to do you know to provide wisdom for the guys um yeah i honestly think that well one of the advantages we had was we had our entire top 7 was pretty old um and so all returning um, yeah it was definitely nice to already have a lot of that experience there i think i'm not sure we did anything that explicit yeah, I mean, I think, you know, racing nationals, Andrew and I were talking about this on a run just the other day, actually, racing nationals is like a totally different beast than any other race of the year. Um, and I think having so many guys, Andrew's, Andrew's been going to nationals since his <laughs> freshman year, which is, I don't know, like a decade ago or something. Um, so I think just having all that experience and being able to, especially, you know, the night before day of having those jitters and being able to be like, hey, I've been here or, you know, the guys on the team who who hadn't or didn't have as much experience for, for Andrew or, or one of the rest of us to be like, hey, like, this is how it's going to go. This is what you need to be prepared for, but just, just relax. It's, it's going to be fine. Be mm -hmm. cool. Um, I think that helped a lot. 
Yeah, I you know looking at the results and then talking with Riley, you know it was interesting to hear the game plan because you guys kind of took things. I guess he held the reins on. He'd like to say kind of during the season didn't let you guys kind of go to the front earlier in races, and this was kind of a different. Uh, strategy you guys kind of you held back that first mile and then by the mile two split you guys were in the lead and, and never really looked back and didn't even fade either was that the strategy you guys were excited about to like finally let loose and, and see what you can do up front in the race yeah so i think part of that strategy was shaped by the weather i remember i forget exactly which day it was but coach riley specifically mentioned that it would be much harder to move up later in the race with the like the terrible conditions. Um, and so we sort of changed our strategy a little last minute to go out harder um, at the beginning of the race. It was a last second change. Yeah, it was, it was, it was somewhat of a modification. I mean, we didn't, we didn't like throw out the book or anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. we, we were definitely all kind of chomping at the bit all season to not like at the line, like, all right, guys, we're going to hard this time. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we knew that, you know, especially with the course being narrower because of the snow and yeah. just, the difficulty in kind of accelerating on, on that type of surface um, that we needed to get out kind of where we wanted to finish um, and especially be there by the mile mark. Um, and so that was, I mean, that was generally our strategy going in anyway, but we really emphasize that even more with the weather conditions. Especially because um, our kind of debrief after pre-nationals on the same course was that we like settled too much in the middle miles. And so the, the change we were going to make was to actually push those middle miles um, at nationals. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, traveling mid season was beneficial for you all, you know, MIT, obviously very rigorous academics. I'm sure traveling that far mid season, isn't the best, but that clearly, you know, played a dividend for you all mm -hmm. in knowing the chorus and knowing when to push, you know, do you hope that kind of sticks for you all? Like moving forward, once you guys graduate, they go to go see the pre-national course to get an idea of what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely been helpful in our time here. Um, I know, unfortunately, things have kind of, at least Coach Riley tells me, changed a little bit in D3. Like the the pre-nationals race next year actually won't count for at-large bids um, for for nationals qualifying, which is just a, a goofy yeah. political thing that yeah. I, I won't get into. Um, so they, they may or may not run that race next year, depending. Um, but either way, I think they're looking to travel somewhere near the area to get kind of a look at the course, some some experience there. Yeah. Man, I don't, I, that just, now I'm thinking about that and like that, that stinks. That's, you know, <laughs> a pre-national meet that doesn't really count. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, looking at your results, you look, was it five All-Americans you all had five last year to Pomona's six, which, you know, when does that happen? You get five All-Americans <laughs> yeah. and don't win a national title. What was it like though, you know, Matt, from your perspective, you turn around, you see if you had a few guys in front of you, you had a few guys behind you, and then you all embrace there at the end. When you and you cross the line, do you feel like it was pretty a controlling victory there? Yes. Um, so I mean, we we knew it was gonna be hard fought going in. Um, and and Coach Riley is usually usually pretty conservative in races. Even if we're winning, he'll tell us, Hey, hey, we're losing. Like, we need you to get a few <laughs> more spots just to see what he can get out of us. Um, and I think like three quarters of the way through the race, I see him just jumping up and down being like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I was like, oh, man, like this is the real deal. We might actually do it here. Um, so when I crossed the line, I was like, OK, this, we've, we've got a good shot at this. Um, but of course, it wasn't until like I saw our, our our five finish that I was like, I think I think that was it. And I mean, we we embraced. We were jumping up and down. I got spiked by so many of my teammates just just jumping up and down and started bleeding. But it was it was fantastic. <laughs> Couldn't even feel it. I was so happy. 
Yeah, Angie, it looks like you were running with Henry, you know, for majority of the race, at least you finished side by side there. Was it nice having one of your teammates with you for maybe the back half of that race? Yeah, it definitely was, uh, you know, pretty helpful. And also since we were the four and five guys, once we crossed, I kind of knew that we, we had it. Um, I mean, I didn't know hundred percent cause it's sometimes tough to tell with all the jerseys and the chaos, but I knew none of us had really blown up or anything. So that was nice. <laughs> Did you know midway through the race that you were the fifth runner? Like, did you have that idea that you were, you know, the guy that day? Um, I was, I think I was actually the fourth runner for the majority of the race. Um, and then Henry, um, you know, came up and was next to me, like right through the finish shoot and passed me like right at the finish shoot. Use that, yeah. use that miler speed. Yeah. <laughs> the the JV kick right at the last 50 meters to add your teammate out. You mentioned that you were talking through this for 365 days, a full year. The video, I'm going to go back to that video again. Like the, the look on your face, Matt, and you turn around like, we did it. We finally did it. Like there's got to be something behind that. Like we finally did it like this, talking about it for 365 days. And we, you know, you accomplished the goal. What was like the, the initial thought or reaction? Like, you know, how long after the race did it hit you that like you accomplished the goal? Yeah, it was it was totally surreal. Um, so like unlike the year before, like I was kind of floating in a trance this last year for like for like hours. Like we went through the awards ceremony, we got the awards, all that, and it, it like really didn't hit until we we got back here. And I was like, oh wait, this 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 actually happened. Like it's it's done. And it was it was kind of crazy because we we'd spent so much time thinking about it and doing it. And this was for us, this was our, our last season. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got back here and I was like, okay, you know, is there, is there anything else? Am I just, am I done? Can I graduate now? You know? Um, so it, it did take a while to hit and was very surreal, uh, but, but couldn't have asked for a better ending. What about you, Andrew? It definitely took me like a few hours after the race, I think. Um, like immediately after I crossed the line, I started dry even. So <laughs> everyone else was, was hopping up and down, but since I was, I was not really in it for a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, just hanging out at the hotel room, I think, just hanging out in the hot tub. That's kind of what it hit for me. Yeah, when you look back, you know, we can kind of dive into, you know, you're all, you don't have to, but it's interesting because for you guys, you know, with COVID, you guys were on campus together where a lot of teams were. I mean, Pomona wasn't either. I know that. But like, this has to be kind of extra, what's the word here? Extra satisfying, knowing that like you guys couldn't be together for an entire year, you know, kind of off on your own training together and coming back, finishing second, finishing first, you know, when you, when you reflect back on, you know, that trying time, I'm sure now like everything was worth it. You know, it, it stunk that you guys couldn't be together, but you accomplished the goals as a collective, you know, if the, is there one moment, you know, when that training during COVID time, and I'm, I think Riley said you guys were off together. I want to say that like you envisioned something like this happening. Yeah, I think, one of the things that training during COVID did for me is it just made me appreciate the team more because um, I was actually by myself for most of the time, um, like had to do a lot of my runs alone and I tried to do workouts and I tried to do time trials and they were, they were terrible. I just, I could never like work up the, the motivation to do proper workouts. Um, so I think that helped me a lot. Yeah. I, I just to, to emphasize that like a, coming back, I think just all of us had spent so much time away and really reflecting on like what the things that mattered to us. 
um, and coming back and just really realizing that we we wanted it to not only, you know, winning a national championship was was the goal, you know, but beyond that, bigger than that was like creating a team and the, the community that we wanted. Um, and and having Riley really buy into that too was was super helpful. Um, but I, I think the reason we did so well at nationals was not that we had, you know, necessarily a ton of guys who got in really good training over over COVID or something like that. We did we did we did get some good training in. Um, but realistically, it was because our team was just like such a tight knit community and so deep um, that the things that the you know our our twenty fifth man would do on any given day affected the the top people on the team and mm -hmm. and vice versa um like the the culture we built together it was it was truly a championship won by the entire team um there's there's no way that top seven could have done it without the rest of everyone um and i think that's something we really came back from from COVID and valued even more mm -hmm. completely agree you know dive into that a little bit more with your culture i think a lot of times you know we hear coaches talk about like how they build culture but like from the team perspective you know how are you guys building this culture and you know it sounds like you're uplifting everyone building a community but like are there anything specific or like tangible activities you all do or just like the day-to-day -day interactions that build just a cohesive culture yeah so we have we have lots of kind of fun activities that the team throws throughout the season we do like a team blind date night where we pair people up or just random team game nights or movie nights and things like that um, but I think one thing that, that I've really appreciated is, is the willingness of everyone on the team to kind of contribute their own ideas and, and commitment to building the team culture. So we, we sat down at the beginning of the season and just said, look, like, what are our priorities as a team beyond running? Um, what, what kind of people do we want to be? What kind of community do we want to be? Um, and then people really took ownership of, hey, I, I want our community to be one that does this kind of thing. And so I'm going to organize this kind of event or something like that. Um, everyone really chipped in to to build the community. It was it was kind of a buy in from everyone, and I think that's been absolutely critical. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think my favorite team event was the the chop challenge we did. We um we kind of split the team up into groups, and then we had to do some cooking with some limited ingredients, and uh, we had a whole judging <laughs> panel. Um, I think I think my team we we made some kind of microwave sweet potato and put it into like a chocolate cake or something. Yeah, some, some of the concoctions were <laughs> Oh my God. Um, did you eat it too, obviously? Yeah, yeah the judges yeah. the judges did have to eat it, unfortunately. Well, that stinks for them. <laughs> so now that we, you know, we've, we haven't had, I'm trying to think, we haven't had an MIT student on the podcast before. And, you know, sometimes this is a division three podcast. We talk about academics, but I think it'd be interesting to hear your all's perspective from MIT. You know, it's a nationally renowned university, as we mentioned, but, you know, come, it, it has to be stressful, you know, just knowing the reputation of it. Angie, do you want to dive into kind of like how you balance going to MIT as a student and then also balancing running 14, 10 and a 5k? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it definitely is like a lot of schoolwork. Um, I have stayed up very late on a lot of nights. I think a lot of that is self-inflicted though. Um, like a lot of times it's the the kind of people that want to go to MIT or also the kind of people that, you know, everyone on the team really cares about their academics. And so it's not like they're being forced to put all this work into it. I think if you just wanted to graduate and pass your classes, I don't think you would actually have to put that much work in. Um, but I really enjoy going to a school where everyone actually cares about their academics and is willing to put all this time into it. Yeah, um, definitely. It's, it definitely takes a balance. Um, but I, I honestly think that for a lot of people on the team, um, running helps like structure um, and, and help them kind of organize their, their daily lives. You know, we, we run 
twice a day. We have kind of our, our team meetings and things like that. And it, it just makes you prioritize and think about how am I going to use my time? Am I going to, you know, scroll on Instagram for two hours or am I instead going to spend an hour, you know, cranking out this piece at and then spend an hour like doing some quality social time with my friends because that that may be some of the only time I have for it. Um, so I, I think like ultimately it, it is a tough balance, um, but I also think like having the running piece um, really kind of kind of helps you realize what your priorities are and focus on those. Yeah. Andrew, take us a little bit into the running aspect of it. You know, what's training look like? You don't have to give away the top secret rally secrets, but you know, what kind of mileage are you doing right now? I mean, sure. It's kind of cold right now in Boston. So that's not ideal by any <laughs> means. Um, yeah, I think I'm a lot of our guys are doing pretty high mileage now. I'm peaked at roughly a hundred. Um, <laughs> and so that does mean like we're doing a lot of doubles. Um, so we'll be like a lot of two day run, two runs a day. Um, the cold actually hasn't been very bad. Um, usually if you wear tights, it's not a big deal. Um, we did have some insane day just the other day where everyone had to run on the treadmill, but those are pretty rare. I was not expecting you guys to say hundred miles a week, just given time, you know, out of the day in terms of like school works. I know, uh, you know, it's it, it, with classes and homework, sometimes you kind of have to adjust to thing. That's, that just blew my mind that you guys are, I mean, not that like, I mean, I would say hundred miles is a lot, is a lot regardless, but then throwing like yeah. a workload. That's, it's a lot. <laughs> and I think, uh, I was just gonna say it is very individualized though. I don't know exactly what everyone's doing. Like, I think Sam is doing more than me and I know, Probably most of the team is doing less. Um, yeah, I'm, I think, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's all I'm going to say. I think that's also something that like Riley is really good about. Um, you know, the stress levels and like the amount of work can vary quite a bit here day to day or week to week. Um, and he's very receptive to, hey, Coach Riley, this week's like a, a high load for me. What can I do to kind of take off some of that training stress or, or spend a little less time running um, so that I can make sure I, I stay healthy and things like that. Um, so he's 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 really good at like kind of getting individualized and being like, Hey, I understand that, you know, you have other priorities and other things come up. Um, and let's, let's work with you to make sure, Hey, you don't get injured and you're getting the best training possible. Yeah. That's a great approach to it. So I think, you know, not everyone's going to be able to handle it. And you know, I'm sure weeks, weeks are different. And, you know, one thing that he was mentioning too, and you guys are kind of alluding to it is your relationship with the women's team. You know, they had a great cross country season. They're having a great track season right now. How nice is it having like the counterparts to your team, you know, running well and doing well when you go to the same meets as each other? It's yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, I've, I've long believed since we've been here that one of the strengths of this team is like how integrated the two teams are. Um, I mean, it's just, it's twice as many opportunities to get excited about performances and to kind of have a larger team culture, um, have people contributing to that culture. All of our events that we do as a team are, are all with the women's team. Um, it's, it is like truly one team. Um, and so just, just to see them doing well as, as well is, is so exciting and, and really inspiring. Yeah. Andrew, from your perspective now, as you, you mentioned, you're going to have to a 3k, you said, uh, Henry got you in the mile. You have any mile goals now to improve, improve the mile time. You're going to stick with the distance. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to run a mile. <laughs> you got to see what the hundred mile weeks convert to uh, from your mile. This is, a, this is a guy who, who still has yet to break two in the 800. Yeah. One of my greatest shades. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be staying away from the mile. I think that's you got to do like the, the 15, eight double outdoors. And that way you can, that way, no matter what happens, you can say like, Oh, well I ran two Oh one, but I ran a 1500 beforehand. That's easily a, a sub two. <laughs> I did the same thing. I said that. And so it's, easy to do that 
I think 3K is about as low as I'll go. I think I actually PR'd in the 3K in the 5K at BU the other week. Um, so I don't know if I want to go any lower. <laughs> are you guys heading, are you guys doing the Valentine meet this weekend? Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll be there. What are, what are the events you guys doing? We're both running the 3K. Full 3K again? Okay, go oh, nice. Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, there's going to be some good D3 talent there. I think Alex Phillips is heading back there in the 5K. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. You know, how was watching, you know, obviously your teammates ran 8 flat and 8.11, but, you know, you saw probably Alex break the 3K record. You know, we're kind of in this resurgence of D3 running. You mentioned it, times are getting crazy. You know, cutoffs are are wild. What's it like now kind of contributing to that as, you know, you both ran all-time times? Um, yeah, it was honestly, it was awesome watching Alex Phillips run. Like, any. I know we're supposed to be competitors, but like anytime someone's running a time like that, you just got to be impressed. Um, it was a really great atmosphere to watch that. Um, yeah, I'm honestly not really sure what's going on with the the times in D3, but they've just been getting so much faster. Um, I think I remember when I was a freshman, I think like 1430 would probably like qualify for, for nationals. And last year was I think you had to run 1420 and it'll probably be even faster this year. Yeah, I mean, we're not even at, I mean, it's one week into February. The cutoff right now is four, from a non-converted uh, time is 14.34. And we have, and now it's kind of when people are trying to run 5Ks now, you know? So like you guys are kind of ahead of the curve with the with the 5Ks in terms of like where the season was. So yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets it gets a little bit quicker. You know, as you look to, to nationals, are you hoping it, the, let's say you guys, this is, we'll, we'll paint the picture for you. Both run in the 5k. You're fresh, obviously. Are you hoping the 5k race goes a certain way? Like how are you hoping a championship race goes, uh, in a month from now? Yeah, of course. I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to divulge any, any trade secrets here, of course. Yeah, of uh, course not. No, but you know, if, if we're, we're looking to race, um, we're, I, one thing I always say kind of when we, when we end up at track nationals or, or cross country nationals is, Hey, like, you know, you got in the door, that's great. And you had rank X, you know, you were 14th on the list or whatever it is. All that goes out the window. Like, like, forget about that. Everyone has to re-earn their spot again here at nationals. And, you know, some people are going to be up to the task and some aren't. Um, and so capitalize on that. Don't give anyone an, an unearned win um, just because on paper, they're better than you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I think we're excited to, uh, to shoot our shot there and, and see what happens. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Another thing I'm hoping is that we have a, a pretty big squad in the 5K. I think, you know, having your teammates in the race is was super helpful for, for us in cross country and bringing that into track would be great as well. Because sometimes when you run at these BU meets, I mean, there's so many heats that, you know, maybe you only run with one other teammate, if at all. Um, and it's a little disheartening sometimes to like be on the team with them, but then you never see them in races. So hopefully racing with them at nationals will help. Yeah. What's, yeah. You know, you guys know your squad. How many do you think you can get in the distance races? I mean, you already have two right now in the 5k you have two right now in the 3k You have a, a, at least one Ryan hasn't run an 800 yet. So who knows? What <laughs> we'll learn what he's going to do tomorrow, but uh, you know, you got a guy in the mile, you know, what do you, how many, is there like a goal you have set of how many distance guys you want there? Cause obviously you have Kenneth, um, in both the long jump and hurdles, you know, I, th I think your pole vaulters are still there. I got to double check. I'll edit that out. Um, mm -hmm. but how many distance runners, you know, I hope and have. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have necessarily like a, a number, um, but I, I think it's going to be surprising to, to almost everyone uh, how many people we, we end up fielding at Nationals, or at least how many we try to. Yeah, I honestly have no idea either. I don't know if you saw one of our freshmen, Charlie, but he he also raced at BU that same weekend. And I think he was like a 156 guy yeah, from yeah. high school. And all of a sudden he ran 151. Yeah, the 151, yeah. Qualified for Nationals probably. Um, so... Honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I know as much as you do, honestly. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to run 151. He is right now. He's currently fifth in the nation right now, um, yeah. which yeah, as a freshman, pretty impressive, especially if you're coming off of, you know, your first indoor indoor season. And then I'm assuming this will probably be a question for, for Ryan and the crew tomorrow, but are you guys going to try to get a, a field, a DMR, DMR team too? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we ran a DMR. Last oh, you week. did. You ran 944. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are probably set for now. Uh, these little DMRs are like popping up all over the country. And it's like you, if you don't check the DMR results, you're like going to miss a fast DMR. Cause yeah. <laughs> I don't know if people are running that Valentine or not yet, but it's like already some fast DMRs and no one's really put anything together. So I keep, I keep missing that. Well, cool. That's going to be exciting. And then any, you know, any time goals you guys have now for yourselves you, or like in outdoors, indoor, is indoor what you th- never mind? I'm also, any time goals you know for the rest of the season? No, I I think uh, we both surprised ourselves a yeah. little bit this last weekend. Um, the the goal originally was just hey let's let's qualify for nationals. It's going to be tough this year, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're both in a in a pretty good place to do that. So now it's like hey you know we've 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 gotten there. We've we've got what we need. Let's just uh, let's just rip it and see what happens. Um, so. I think I think we're both going to be trying to trying to run faster. We'll be in the three k this weekend, but uh, maybe a five k at regionals. Awesome. And Andrew, you were mentioning earlier that Matt won't brag about himself, but uh, do you want to share what Matt got awarded, received? What's the correct terminology that you got? Yeah, Matt doesn't like to brag, so I have to brag for him. But Matt won a road scholarship uh, this fall. Uh, he's going to go study at Oxford next year, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, he's he's shy about it because he doesn't like to brag. <laughs> so, Matt, you're kind of describing the process. You know, it was a whirlwind experience for you for cross country. Take us through like, the interview process and what that looked like and describe when you find out, when you, when you found out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was, you know, kind of a long drawn out interview process. There were internal interviews and and then a series of kind of other interviews um, but the, I, I was mentioning to you earlier, the, uh, the final interview was on the same weekend as our, our regional cross country meet. Um, so I was, I was literally going back and forth between like running, like running the course the day before the meet to like interviews, to racing, to back to second round interviews. I, I had to stay late and like drive a car back all the way to Boston. Um, so it was, it was very chaotic. Um, but, a, you know, a, a fantastic weekend, um, super excited about our regional performance. And then was was very fortunate to to have been selected for this award um so so all around can't can't complain it was wonderful well that's awesome that's exciting andrew are you applying for any of that kind of stuff are you doing what is your plans for after college i know that's the worst question to receive as a senior (laughs) but i'm assuming something is in the works um yeah i'm honestly still figuring it out um i have a few i'm probably just gonna not go to grad school and just get a normal job Um, stay in college as long as you can man yeah, I have a few offers, but I'm still trying to figure it out. Probably something in cybersecurity, I think so. Yeah, um, by, by normal job, you mean something like extremely technologically advanced, <laughs> like this above, you know, most of our heads. Um, 
but but he'll be he'll be doing it with ease. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, exciting times, not only on the career front, but also on the running front. Looking forward to seeing you all's results here this weekend at BU. And congrats again on not only running all-time 5Ks, but also on a national championship in cross-country. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. And that's all for another episode, another week of D3 Glory Days. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for supporting this podcast, however you chose to do so. And thank you to our guests this week who were so generous with their time. We'll be back very soon. Until then, from Stu and I, here's to the Glory Days. Mm -hmm.